This is Dr. Ron, the host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, with episode 23 in this season five. Thank you all for listening. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're turning off the TV and not getting depressed or paranoid from all the information, because that will definitely make you depressed. And I wish you all to have an attitude of gratitude. And there are a lot of kind people out there, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't find one, be one. <clears throat> Your diet is not only what you eat. It is what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, the people you hang around. Be mindful of the things you put into your body emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Good advice from an unknown author. So look, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed last week's uh, program uh, about where we're headed in medicine, and I'll have a little bit more to, to say on that in a minute. Uh, we had a lot of good response from the uh, Lancet articles that were retracted uh, on hydroxyquinine, hydroxyquinolone, uh, because uh, there's a lot of politics going on here. A lot of politics. And remember, please, you are the you have to be the CEO of your own body. You have to get an education or continue have continuing education. It was reminded me today that uh, in the not too distant future, you won't be seeing a doctor. You will be seeing your provider. And a typical call might be your call and IAAI, artificial intelligence, will pick up the call and ask you your name. And they'll say, oh, yes, we know who you are. You live such and such. You have such and such insurance. Uh, you are so old, blah, 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 blah. What is your problem? And you'll list your problem. 
and the artificial intelligence analytic and algorithm will uh, come up with a diagnosis. Now, in the early days, it may say to you, "You are. we will schedule you to see a provider at the CVS pharmacy or at the Walgreens pharmacy or whatever. Or it might say, stop at the pharmacy and pick up your prescriptions just on the basis of a phone call. We will call you to see how you're doing. In a few days, they, call, they, they will call you if you feel better, fine. If you don't feel any better, we will get you an appointment with a provider. That could be a nurse, a, a physician assistant, or if you're lucky, a physician. And a friend of mine who's interested and involved in the politics of medicine has told me that uh, the quality of people going into this field of medicine is decreasing because uh, of all the restrictions, of all the high the high cost of malpractice insurance. So not to get into that too much, but it's really important that you uh, listen to shows like this one and use your ability to think about a situation. It's, that is really, really important. So take last week, for instance. Well, we could start off by a, t- by a quote from Marcus Aurelius. Everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. So if you remember that, it may help you. And, of course, you've heard about that retracted research on the COVID-19. By the way, COVID-19, the C stands for certificate, the O of the V, certificate of vaccination, and the ID. Okay, certificate of vaccination, that's what COVID means. So when you retract the paper, what do you just say? Oops, sorry, just forget everything you read. No big deal. But these these same authors that I told you had another paper that was retracted. Not one, but two papers. Not one, but two of the largest and most prestigious journals in the world. And what better time in the history of uh, most of us that we really need accurate, real-time information to save thousands of lives. And it's really unfortunate to have these retractions because they're not isolated instances. We actually have a journal uh, that, that, that has a retraction index. In 2013, a journalist submitted a completely bogus paper to over 300 open access journals, and it was accepted for publication by half of them. So that's why they did create this retraction index. So retractionwatch.org has been created just for this reason. And you can check the leaderboard, you know, like you do in golf. You'll see all the retracted authors. You'll probably recognize a few names there. Why 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 do why are these papers retracted? Well, one might merely be due to a better peer review process and maybe better scrutiny. That would be a good thing. Another reason would be to maybe author misconduct on a research paper, but that's that's just outright sad. And potentially a sign of the times where people seek fame and academic likes over advancing the field of their science. 
But, you know, unfortunately, you can't take things back today. You know, if you put up a, an emotional post on Facebook or Twitter or an angry rant, it's there forever. A fraudulent scientific paper that temporarily changes the course of medicine once it's out. It's out there forever. So that's uh, my follow-up on uh, the awful misguided paper that condemned hydroxyquinolone versus the resmitivir that uh, Dr. Tony likes because the hydroxy costs maybe 100 bucks for treatment. The, res, the, the new antiviral from Gilead is thousands of dollars. And, and you know, you, you, I cannot not talk about that's to the double negative. I, I have to talk about uh, politics when it comes to medicine because they're intertwined right now. Because the pharmaceutical companies, uh, Dr. Tony and so forth, they're just rigging everything against us. This new antiviral drug, it did not decrease the death rate in those people that it was used on. It shortened the time it took some people to get better by a day or two. The same number of people died. And Dr. Tony and his friends said, well, what a great thing this is going to be. But the hydroxychloroquine, they just went out there to destroy it. But Gilead, uh, the, fa- the favored drug company of, the, of this group, they got emergency everything to go ahead and actually use this drug for seven years. And then they, they changed the research. So, well, it's just so frustrating to, to read this every day, ladies and gentlemen, and to see how, how things are being rigged. It, uh, it really is pretty bad. And remember, let's get back. Let's get back on track here. I digress. Last week, we talked about sunscreens. And uh, please, uh, ewg.org was the website I recommended. And the big takeaway that I think that most people got from that is do not use the aerosolized sunscreens. They can give you lung, lung damage. They're carcinogenic in the products that are in them, especially uh, the oxyquinolone, the uh, and all the chemicals in that are really toxic. And and we've been living for a lot of years now with uh, demonization of the sun. And there's no doubt you don't want to get burned. You do not want to get a bad sunburn. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but. Severe sunburns, as I remember, usually occur during childhood, and they 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 can relate. They can uh, promote different types of cancers as you get older, but that's severe sun sunburns. But this bombardment of the dangers of the sun by the media, it, there's a lot of inaccurateness in this, ladies and gentlemen. Can the sun exposure cause skin cancer? Absolutely. Is there a coronavirus? Absolutely. However, appropriate sunlight actually prevents cancer. Exposure to the sun provides many benefits, such as promoting the formation of vitamin D, which we want to talk about today. And we also have strong evidence that sunlight is protective against MS and breast cancer. You know, during the Spanish flu, 
the patients that they took out of the hospital and put them outside in beds, they're the ones that got better. So if you have a porch, somewhere to get outside once in a while, please do so. Okay, history tells us that that is the way to get better. The key, however, with regarding the sun is never to burn. And do not bathe yourself in sunscreen. That's the last thing you want to put on your body. The toxic chemicals can cause problems in your system. There are hormone disruptors. They have a lot of estrogen in them. And I told you, told you the ones that are safe, though, if you have to use them, if you're going to stay out for a long time. One of them was raw elements. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but that list is at ewg.org. So, not to get on a soapbox, but we had Dr. Brian Peskin, Professor Peskin, on the show many times, and it really is the ratio of omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids that have a lot to do with skin cancer. Plenty of articles uh, about the mechanism uh, that, that implicates omega-6 fat and omega-3 fats as inhibitors of human skin cancers, including melanoma. Isn't that crazy? And do you hear about that any other place? Well, Brian Peskin has many articles that he has written on this. Okay, so your omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids is important. Sunlight is important. Don't get burned. You can creatively use clothing, huh, to block the sun's rays until you build up some time. Just don't get into believing that sunlight is dangerous. It's only dangerous if you're clueless about nutrition and that you're not really paying attention to your omega-6 to 3 ratio. And that will be the subject of next week's program. What is the optimal omega-6 to 3 ratio and how do you get it? Now, just let me give you some topics that I have uh, just copied this week. Vitamin D and cardiovascular disease. You know, if you have adequate levels of sunlight and vitamin D, you have less chance of getting cardiovascular disease. And I, I mean, do you hear that anyplace? Anybody telling you about that? Next article, how vitamin D inhibits inflammation. So what about COVID and inflammation? So if you get COVID and your immune system is depressed and you get into the hospital, what you get what's called a cytokine storm. And that's un, that's uninhibited inflammation. You know they're using vitamin D for COVID now, right? But here's studies, how vitamin D inhibits inflammation. And every day I'm getting more and more articles about vitamin D, and it's vitamin D3. And they're coming from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. And they just recently found that low levels of vitamin D up your diabetes risk, no matter if you're skinny or or heavy.
10% of the 29 million people with type 2 diabetes are not overweight. So, adequate vitamin D levels between 60 and 80 may help you with your diabetes. A University of Eastern Finland study showed that low serum vitamin D levels are a risk factor for pneumonia. And speaking about pneumonia, I gave you a practical tip last week. Clean your shower heads. Okay? If you don't get up there and clean them off, you, that is also a risk for pneumonia. And I could go on and on and on, and I'm not, but the vitamin D is... Is, is a hormone, very important for cholesterol. Uh, if you're low in vitamin D, your cholesterol is probably going to be high. The sunshine vitamin, right? That's the way we used to hear about it when we were younger. Of course, you get it in, in, in organ meats, but nobody wants to eat them anymore. Smoking lowers it. And it's associated with inflammation, but only at low levels. But it's an important part of our immune system. The, the enzymes that it helps are found all throughout our body. It probably would be called a hormone if it was discovered today. It's involved with so many physiological functions. Even our genetic health, our cardiovascular health, our bone health. So even Harvard is coming out now and says that it can protect against major diseases. Adults with lower levels of vitamin D in their systems had a 35% increased risk of death from heart disease, a 14% greater likelihood of death from cancer, and a greater mortality risk overall. There, were, uh, there was absolutely no benefit of taking vitamin D2, but those who took vitamin D3, which is the type found in fish and dairy products and produced in response to sunlight, had reduced mortality from all causes. Now, Dr. Franco from Harvard and his colleagues, they calculated that roughly 13% of all deaths in the United States and 9% in Europe could be attributed to low vitamin D levels. Why am I reading this to you? Because I want you to understand how important this vitamin is. And more and more studies are being done on it. Okay, so it's also associated with atrial fibrillation and type 1 diabetes. Okay, so not only just type 2. Researchers at the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine found a correlation between vitamin D3 serum levels and the incidence of type 1 diabetes over a six-year period of time in 2,000 individuals. How about that? So it's not just diabetes type 2, it's also diabetes type 1, the one that usually have to use insulin. Just so I don't forget, the, the dose in this study was 4,000 units per day of D3. Okay, 4,000 units per, per day. And 
And in case I forget, it's really not a toxic vitamin. You can take up to 10,000 units a day and not be afraid of any toxicity from vitamin D. So lack of sun exposure has been a real problem with vitamin D. And it's been a whole, it's been a big problem with our cholesterol, huh? Because our cholesterol has been going up. Isn't that that incredible since we start demonizing vitamin D, the things that are happening? Of course, you know, our diets have not been really good with a lot of fructose. That's another story. But appropriate sun exposure. And I'm going to start recommending a low-sugar diet now to optimize your cholesterol and all your enzymes. I think it's really important. Then you don't have to worry about getting arterial plaque. So we talked about vitamin D and heart disease, vitamin D and other disorders that could cause you to die. And so that'll be the end of that this particular section. But you, you do see, and this, these are reputable journals. And you know, I'm quite quite criti- critical of, of journal reading because about 30 years ago, I... I did hear a talk by uh, Dr. Butterworth from Canada. And let me, let me just read you what I wrote from the end of his, his talk. He says, when you're reading a scientific paper, be on the alert for the following words or phrases. Findings suggest. Findings indicate. Seems to suggest. Theorizes. Perhaps might mean. All evidence points to. We can assume. Future studies should verify. At this time, it appears. Many researchers tend to agree. Hypothetically speaking, it's quite possible, in all probability, and other terms and escape phrases. But the use of these phrases does not denote dishonesty, but only that the subject matter is not yet factual, but theoretical. The problem comes when, when it becomes built upon. It's, the problem is when these theoretical assumptions are built up or added to and augmented and then presented as fact. Okay. So a theoretical assumption that's built upon is called ipada. And hard to think about, but think of a triangle. And on the tip of the triangle, you're putting other triangles. So Dr. Butterworth called that an inverted pyramidal proliferation of theoretical assumptions. It's not stable. You don't have a good base. Okay, so let's go to the famous... uh, CNN. You can you you know it's called a lot of different things. This this channel. I don't know that anybody even watches it anymore. But they they came out on May 27th and talked about the deadly consequences of what taking vitamin D supplements. How they can hurt us a lot. How much too much vitamin D can lead to a toxic buildup of calcium in your blood. Causing confusion, disorientation, problems with heart rhythm, as well as bone pain, kidney damage, painful kidney stones. They never did actually say how much was too much in this. Nor did they know or just left out that 
too much calcium is caused by an insufficient vitamin K2 intake in relation to the vitamin you're taking. Not the vitamin K per, per se. Vitamin K2 deficiency is what causes vitamin D toxicity. CNN did not mention that. And remember, I said there have been no toxic symptoms, including hypercalcemia at doses up to 10,000 international units a day, even with long-term use. Now, one last thing CNN said on that program was there is no evidence that very high vitamin D levels are protective against COVID-19. And that was despite, and we'll go through a few of them, recent reports showing vitamin D levels appear to play an important role in your risk of testing positive for COVID-19, as well as your risk of severe infection and death. So who do you believe? CNN? or uh, other physicians who are out in the field doing the work and, and saying this is all rubbish. At the University of Chicago, they looked at 4,300 patients with COVID-19, of whom 499, 499 out of 4,300 they tested their vitamin D levels. Vitamin D deficiency was diagnosed if it was under 18. They, they allowed for other variables. Without getting into the, the, the details too much, they, the, the, the researchers said, those that did not have the higher doses of vitamin D are much more likely to be infected with the virus than those with just adequate levels. I'm paraphrasing that. And there are other studies. So they said, quote, there is considerable experimental data showing that vitamin D is important in regarding in regulating and suppressing the inflammatory cytokine response of respiratory epithelial cells and macrophages to various pathogens, including the respiratory virus. In other words, there's experimental data. I would agree we need to keep seeing this. That would prevent you from needing a ventilator, in so many words. But what's the risk of taking vitamin D3? No one's going to be taking more than 10,000 units a day. So there's very little risk. And gosh, if you do not come down with COVID-19 or if you do come, come down with it, you get over it, wouldn't it have been worth it to keep your vitamin D levels in a, in a, in a high normal range between 60 and 80? And there's other, other studies that show, especially in Spain, where low levels of vitamin D associated with mortality, Switzerland and the nursing homes. Vitamin D levels was averaging 23. In Italy, 76% of the women were found to have circulating levels below 30. And you know how many cases in Spain and Italy. 
So it might be a strategy that can save lives, but again, what is the bad, what is the risk? Okay, what is the risk of taking vitamin vitamin D? And now we're we're getting through this COVID. It's going to, it's turning out to be just like the, the researchers in Israel said, it's just like the flu virus. It's going to go away. But then we're going to have the flu virus come back, which is also a coronavirus. And what are we doing with everybody keeping them inside? No sunlight. So my message today, ladies and gentlemen, is start optimizing your vitamin D. If you're still in lockdown, please take your vitamin D3 every day, along with K2, and I'll get to that in a second. Because you want to keep your immune function optimized. You know, as we talked about three months ago, my very first program on COVID, your an optimized immune system is your vaccine to keep you healthy. So just 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 write this down. You'll want to raise your vitamin D to a level between sixty nanograms per milliliter, that's NG per ml, to eighty nanograms nanograms per milliliter. You want to if you're not taking it now, you want to start doing that and get a blood test to see if you can get it up to those levels, but especially by fall when we're hit with the regular flu. And, oh, gosh, you know, I just, just can tell you that uh, even the epidemiologists at Harvard now, are they're saying, well, everything is COVID because the flu is over. So they're diagnosing COVID just on clinical symptoms. There still could be the flu, but they're saying, well, we don't believe the flu is around anymore, so we're just going to call it COVID. So you can see why it's hard to believe all these numbers were, were, that they're throwing at us. Okay, so so you want to that that's a number between sixty and eighty. That's really important, and this could be measured. Okay, your doctor can order this test of vitamin D level. Okay, it's not hard for the doctor to do that. Okay, and then you can get it retested to make sure after about three months of taking vitamin D, if you were below sixty, you want to make sure you get it up to sixty to eighty, huh? So you can be re Evaluate it with a simple blood test. So, if you're already taking D3, you need to be mindful that you need vitamin K2 and magnesium. So, it's important you take vitamin K2 when you're taking this D3 to prevent all these things that CNN talked about and didn't really know what they were talking about. Okay. So from here on in, we'll talk about how to optimize your vitamin D level, ideally through sun sun exposure. But if you can't do it, then we need to uh, supplement. Should mention there's an organization I've been following recently called Grassroots Health, a nonprofit, independent public health research institute. Uh, they're, They're starting to do large studies on this 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 area of vitamin D3. Okay, really. So we'll, we'll keep you appraised of that. 
So they said the grassroots health research is showing that levels between 40 and 60 are, are safe, but to lower, lower your overall disease, you need between 60 and 80. Okay. And you'll need to take uh, some vitamin K2. So vi- what is vitamin K2? Well, the vitamin K2 uh, is a quinone, Q-U-I-N-O-N-E. It's usually K2-7. Okay. Available from a lot of different uh, manufacturers. And you'll need about 320 micrograms of that. 320 micrograms. You'll need a, a magnesium, okay, preferably one that is called chelated magnesium. And you'll need about 400 milligrams with this K3, with the D3, I'm sorry. Therefore, you get the, all the benefits of the D3 without any of the complication. And magnesium is a crucial part of the equation because it keeps the vitamin D activated and utilized and just so important for all its good effects. So a lot of people are taking vitamin D and not seeing anything and that's getting reported and they're not taking the proper D. They're taking D2, which is toxic and they're not. So you should be taking vitamin D3 and you should be taking the magnesium and the K2 along with it. If you don't take them, the supplemental magnesium, grassroots says you need 146% more intake of vitamin D. Wow. So on the magnesium, I, I, I told you 300, but three to 400 would not be, would be okay to take of magnesium along with the, the D3. Okay. And that'll affect your immune system and help you through, possibly help you with COVID. I I can't say definitely because uh, they'll they'll erase my podcast. But evidence is showing that it will improve your immune function and lower your risk of viral infections if you keep your vitamin D level between 60 nanograms per milliliter and 80 nanograms per, per milliliter. And you want, if you're not doing it now, you definitely want to start because we've got to get ready for the fall when the old flu comes back. So what are some signs and symptoms that uh, you're, you're, you're low in vitamin D? Well, muscle weakness and fatigue could be one of them. Bone and joint pain, depression, maybe headaches, and maybe wounds that don't heal so, so rapidly. Okay, so just being over age 50, you're, you're, most people are deficient in, in vitamin D. And if you have any irritable bowel syndrome, colitis, or whatever, you're probably low in vitamin D. Okay, so you can be, you can get your vitamin D measured. Uh, you can get if you can get some sun exposure. If you have very light skin, you only probably need 15 or 20 minutes a day, and it would be best if you're out in the sun when your shadow is shorter than you are. Okay, but again, you can get a vitamin D blood test.
and then you can find out how you know how much vitamin D. So how much vitamin D should you take? Well, usually we base it on the the, the blood level, but I could say you could take two to four thousand units a day without a problem. But remember, you can do ten thousand units a day for long periods of time without a problem. But two to four thousand units a day will, will work out just fine. Now, one more thing. A study just was conducted at Northwestern University, and it concluded that vitamin D may be an essential ingredient to protecting oneself from the coronavirus. The research team discovered a strong correlation between vitamin D deficiencies and mortality rates. Okay. They, they looked at a lot of studies. And I'm the first to tell you, observation does not prove causation, but when you have a lot of different researchers in different areas looking at vitamin D, and they're looking at Italy and Spain and coming up that low vitamin D was critical in, in mortality, you have to take, a, take notice of it. And then you always weigh the benefits against the risks, and there's no risk of taking vitamin D if you take it with K2 and magnesium, in my opinion. Speaking about my opinion, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all that information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Just like that from my producers. Thank you. Okay. So this research team believe that vitamin D is helpful against covid One researcher, he quit, this is a quote now, quote, our analysis shows that it might be as high as cutting the mortality rate in half. It will not prevent a patient from contracting the virus, but it may reduce complications and prevent death in those who are infected. Again, why not take it? All right, I did a, I thought a, a good informative podcast on masks and I just have to I saw a post today and I just have to tell you it is a bogus report and you're going to see it and here's the headline you're going to see because it comes out of the CDC the CDC now says they have proof that wearing face masks reduced COVID-19 cases in NYC New York City by 66,000 from April 17th to May 9th Okay. Remember, I told you there is no evidence that wearing a face mask does anything but reduce your oxygen concentration, among other things. But guess what? When you get into this study, there is no way they would know this, and it is made up again from modeling. Modeling numbers that the CDC put out in March that showed that hundreds of millions would get the disease and millions would die. Remember that? The world would be, it would be the end. If they wanted a legitimate story, they would have looked at cases in states without face mask requirements, right? To see how many cases they had from April 17th to May 9th. Instead of doing that, they just made numbers up and the media is repeating it without looking into it in order to indoctrinate people into wearing masks and to create fear and phobia, which again 
decreases your immunity, and then that makes you susceptible to the COVID virus. A model, a modeling report with no scientific facts. Remember we were told that millions would die and hundreds of millions would get COVID-19, blah, 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 blah. Well, if some governors didn't put all the COVID people in nursing homes, there would be even fewer deaths. There would be fewer deaths from suicide, drug overdoses. Modeling numbers destroyed us. Ay, ay, ay. Crazy, isn't it? Okay. And the, the the social distancing, there's not one study that shows that that has, where that came from. Could have been an eighth grade project. We don't know. Let me just, I saw some, some stats I just want to share with you before we close for today. Here are some numbers through June 14. Now we have states with very strict restrictions. New York has a population of 19 and a half million. They had 31,666 deaths. The last seven days prior to June 14, 507. New Jersey population, 8.9 million deaths, 12,625. I mean, 8.9 million people, 12,625 deaths. The last seven days, 449. And I have numbers for Illinois and Michigan. Here's numbers from states that have less restrictions and are more open. Florida population is 21.5 million, more than New York. We had 2,931 deaths. Remember, New York had 31,662. In the last seven days, we had 231 deaths. That's with things being opened up versus the 507 from New York. How about Texas? They have 29 million people there. They had 1,973 deaths. In the last seven days, the death rate was 158 people. In all these cases, in all these states that were, there was less restrictions, they have far better results from the start. And just including the last seven days that nobody's presenting because facts do not matter. That, that, that's the problem. Facts do not matter. So, ladies and gentlemen, you need vitamin D3. It could help you with the COVID. If you're fortunate enough to be able to get some sunshine, 15, 20 minutes a day would be, be great for you. It'll help you with your immunity. You need K2. You need magnesium to go along with that. No danger of toxicity. But you could decrease your mortality if you get the COVID. And I have stacks of articles from Israel about COVID. It's on its way out. But nobody, you're not seeing this on any news channel because, well, right now, uh, the riots have cured COVID, I guess, because uh, you don't hear much about it. I guess uh, if you go, to, if you want to go to your... Uh, place of worship, uh, you'll spread COVID, but if you want to go riot, uh, I guess it's not a big deal. And I guess Europeans have uh, different uh, COVID than we do because they only have to separate by three feet. We have to separate by six feet. 
every every little country has. So I guess we're all a little bit different, huh? So a lot of conspiracy theories out there. You can read them. And the bottom line is we're going to get through this. Okay, we are going to get through this. And I guess before I go, though, I, I have I should make you aware that the FDA. They're changing the labeling on foods, and it could affect food allergies. I know people out there have food allergies. So at a recent webinar, uh, which was presented by Gluten Intolerance Group, GIG, they want everybody to know about the FDA's temporary change to labeling rules. And the person who wrote this article said, I've gone through the statement and pulled out the key details. The goal of the temporary rule is to provide regulatory flexibility to help minimize the impact of the supply chain. There's going to be minor formulation changes. The ingredient being substituted for the labeled ingredient does not cause any adverse health effects. I mean, that's, do they really know? The part of, there's a whole list of things. The part uh, that concerned this writer is is the word, and I agree with her, should, should have no difference. The statement from the FDA tells companies their ingredient changes should comply with their rules, but they don't have no idea if they will be. Well, I, I just want you to know there's something going on at the FDA regarding food change, and if you have gluten intolerance, okay, this might be something that uh, you might want to look into more. I will definitely look more into it uh, before uh, next week's uh program, but it's entitled Temporary Policy Regarding Certain Food Labeling Requirements During the COVID-19 Public Health Emergency, Minor Formulation Changes, and and Vending Machines. Okay. I'm sorry I can't give you a lot of specifics because I didn't do my research on this yet. I just got this. Uh, they want the companies, I guess if they have, they can't get certain ingredients or certain spices to be able to substitute them. Uh, and I guess, you know, if you have a food allergy problem, it's not, it doesn't go into effect yet, but I'll let you know when, when, when it, this thing passes. Okay. But, uh, I'm interested in this because I have a shellfish allergy. I would like to know if there's any shells in, in certain foods and whatever. Anyway, I just want you to know I'm on this, and uh, we'll report on it next week. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to have a great week. Turn that television off. Okay. Listen to some good music. Read a good book. Do not get paranoid about what you're hearing. It's all going to pass. And things will get better. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Tell your friends, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. You can hear me on Alexa. If you have an Alexa, if you want to go to Google, you can Google Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. I'm on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are, are listened to, I'm there. Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Bringing you, bringing you medical news that you can use in... Most of the time, I'm uh, 
humbled to say you're not going to hear this stuff on the CNN, Fox, any of the news outlets. Why? Because they, look at all the pharmaceutical advertising they take. Make a lot of money from the pharmaceutical companies to, on, their, on their networks. So I'm not going to tell you this stuff. All right. Have a great time. Catch you next week. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, it's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week. When the doctor is in the house Or when the doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house Doctor is in the house Doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you Tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week